This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. This program is intended for mature audiences only. Welcome to Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra, bringing you the soul of sex. I'm your host, Francesca Gentile, and with me today is Sater Phil Brucato. Sater is a working fantasy and metaphysical author. He's an ongoing writer for the magazine Witches and Pagan. He's a sacred dancer and a long-term practitioner of Tantra and a long-term friend and co-teacher of mine, and I'm delighted to have him here. Welcome, Phil. <laughs> Oh, I know you, you're still, and you're going by Vader. Ah, uh, yes. Well, we we've known each other for long. <laughs> we've known each other long enough to know each other by many names. But <laughs> it's always a delight speaking with you, sweetheart. Yeah, it's. A, I was going to say it's a delight here with you because out of you know my many yeah. sweethearts of the past, you are <laughs> someone who really brings that yeah. dance of creativity, um, eros, the life force. Eros, the sense of passion and all we do, into into dance, into lovemaking, into the arts. And I wanted to ask you, how closely associated do you think it is with your your capacity to have a passion for for all of life and to express your creativity and your capacity to be a tantric lover? <laughs> well, as you and I both said, Eros ideally is the life force. People tend to think of Eros as sex, 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 when in fact it's so much more than that, so much richer than that. Eros is, it's the energy of life itself and passion for for, uh, constructive or sometimes not so constructive ways. Passion is, I think, on a lot of levels, the, the rawest expression of eros emotionally, uh, mentally, spiritually, and often physically. So when I'm working with when I'm working with my arts, when I'm working with you know, with, with my relationships with sex, with just life in general, I approach it with passion because I just, I feel that that brings out um, brings out and channels the life force, you know, erotically, sensually, and with integrity as well when it's done with intention. There's so much that you said in that, so many pieces. There's the integrity, there's the passion <laughs> for all of life, there's a sense of alignment. And I want to kind of sit that out and break it down, so to speak, slow it down and, and go a little deeper into each one. Let me, let me ask you, in terms of that creative flow of passion, have you ever had a time in your life where that felt blocked up, constipated, so to speak, in some area, and then that also affected your your intimate connection, your capacity to either feel libido or to, uh, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> have your phallus be doing the happy dance. <laughs> you know, uh, has that happened? And then if it ever has, and thank you for being so courageously revealing when I ask you this question, is is uh, what did you do to get out of that funk? Well, uh, yes, definitely. That has that has had uh, <laughs> that's definitely had all of the above effects. I mean, being being an artist, especially, um, there are there are times when the uh, there are times when the muse is kind and circumstances are rewarding, and you know money's coming in and the ego boosts are coming in and everything. And then there are times when they are not, and those 
those are the times that that get you to doubt yourself. And especially for men, that doubt can have a you know can have very <laughs> very obvious uh, appearances as well as the less obvious obvious manifestations of depression, irritability, anger, addiction, uh, avoidance. And yeah, I've I've had all of those things except addiction. Thankfully, knock on every piece of wood in the Pacific Northwest, I have not had any problems with addiction, uh, addiction or substance addiction issues. Um, but the other ones, definitely. There were periods both at the beginning of my writing career and especially at a very transitional period in my writing career where I didn't know what to write or how to write, and I was feeling so miserable in my my life circumstances and myself and even in my relationships that I felt blocked in everything. So what did I do to get out of it? Um, in, the, in both cases, I, I did a, um, actually all three, come to think of it, cases, I, I undertook major transitions. Uh, in one case, I took a, a great leap of faith in... Uh, taking a job that was uh, away from the town that I've been living in, uh, that job being the, uh, the the line developer, line editor position, co-creator of Mage the Ascension, which uh, gave me the great big pile of challenges, and I had to uh, I had to meet them all head on. In doing that, I had to just you know tackle it without thinking a whole lot. I didn't have time to think, and that uh, that transition broke through a lot of things. Uh, the second time, actually, you were a part of that. That second time, uh, when I'd gone to Burning Man for the uh, for the second time in 2001, and had just determined that I needed to embrace uh, embrace my my sacred and passionate self, embrace the satyr self um, instead of. Uh, the, I guess what I thought of at the time as the slave self, slave to my job, uh, slave to my, my fears. I just needed to take that all on. And that's when you and I met. Um, and then a uh, third time was a few years ago when a number of things had broken down uh, personally and professionally. And I uh, I walked for <laughs> barefoot. <laughs> Uh, for several weeks on the Appalachian Trail with a friend who became my lover at the time, and who's still a very close friend of mine, um, and embraced nature and embraced all of the uh, the the comforts and discomforts of nature, which include things like walking barefoot for several hundred miles in April through the mountains, which is not a comfortable experience. And then a few months later. Um, going to Burning Man again and having a very long, hard sit down with myself at the time going, these are the things that you, these are the places you are blocked. These are the places where your fear has let you down. These are places where your temper is getting in the way. This is the thing. These are the things you can do to fix that. Now do it. And in doing that, I also quit my day job, jumped off, <laughs> jumped off the cliff, so to speak, and started flapping my arms again, just as I had about 15 years earlier, which led me to a new and wonderful phase of both my life and my career, uh, which led me to uh, to Seattle and uh, to my partner, uh, Sandy Damiana Buster, who um, has just been been a wonderful been a wonderful person, a wonderful partner, and this is a, a wonderful new place in my life. So the short answer for how that can apply to someone else is to look at the things that are blocking you, those things that you are afraid of, those things you fear. Look, you know, look at yourself, look at them, and 
look at how you can change them, how you can challenge those blocks and move past them. Because it's, there's a there's I yeah. want to say something mm-hmm. about this as well is that there's this for our listening audience there's a sense of courage and there's a sense of change and risk and I actually wrote down like four steps which are can be interchangeable which was make a change if if you're stagnant mm-hmm. I would so agree with that if you're stagnant in your life in some way it's not working you feel stuck it's depressed on me <laughs> make some kind of change eat at a new restaurant. so there's make a change then there's you said embrace your sacred passion your sacred passion itself and and really allowing there's a there's a kindness in that that my nymph nature my satyr nature the part that's the most passionate and arousing and turned on by not only life not only people but life deserves to be embraced and be made a friend with then you had take a, a courageous risk to embrace nature, to actually swing out there in some way, to challenge our body and to embrace nature in a new way. I, I, there's so many cultures, indigenous people that recommend this, the vision quest, the walking journey, the walkabout, the pilgrimage. Cannot recommend that enough, and we rarely do it. And number four, that facing the shadow self, facing those parts mm-hmm. of ourselves that are often lost, hidden, rejected, suppressed, or denied. We don't necessarily really want to see them. And yet when we see them and bring them home to consciousness and compassion, our life shifts. And I want to go into this more after a break and a word from our fabulous sponsors. I I, I just want to say I adore you and I I love your courageous life and you're an inspiration to me. And we'll come back and hear more about that after this break. Imagine if you could become a way better lover in her eyes. Women, do you want deeper intimacy and orgasms far more intense, prolonged, and vivid than anything you've ever experienced? Expand Her Orgasm Tonight is an instantly downloadable, easy-to-learn 21-day training system for partners. Let Dr. Patty teach you the art of expanded orgasm. The genital massage techniques coupled with mind and heart opening practices will give you both full body, full being, orgasmic experiences. Then wait and see what happens. Curious? Want to expand her orgasm tonight? Oh yeah. And it's totally free to find out more. Get the three free pleasure guides plus the free orgasmic techniques mini course and when you're ready, get $100 off the original cost with promo code SAVE at expandherorgasmtonight.com. Welcome back to Sex Tantra and Kama Sutra, bringing you to Soul of Sex with my fabulous friend and creative inspiration, uh, Seder Phil Brucato, and we're talking about that that passionate living, that passionate life, and and how do we how do we handle it? How do we uncork it? And what I want to bring up is integrity, because some people, you know, that midlife crisis, those those wild moments yeah. where people just go a little crazy, and they're going for the rush, the high, they feel too stopped up for too long and they break out and they, they hurt others and they hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and you're hurt someone themselves. I absolutely adore that you're someone who balances your own desire for the goodies and the high and the rush with what, how it's going to affect yourself and others in the long run. How do you do that? And how did you get there? <laughs> well, it's not easy. Um, 
But uh, one of the first, uh, I guess, one of the, the first ways that I get there is just because I keep that whole golden rule thing very, very, uh, you know, very, very forefront. I don't to the people, the people around me. Um, I don't do to the to those people, especially not the people precious to me. Things I don't want to be done to me. I don't want to be betrayed. I don't want to be lied to. I don't want to be cheated on. You know, um, I, when when a, a former partner of mine uh, cheated on me years ago, uh, I I had told her, if you want to make arrangements, we can talk, but you have to be honest with me. And as I've told all my partners since then. I would rather hear the truth, even if the truth hurts, than I would want to wonder what's going on in your head. And just as I want those things from someone, I want someone to be able to ask that of me and get it. So I don't lie about stuff. I don't cover things up. I don't go behind people's back because one, it always blows up in your face. And two, I hate it when somebody does that to me. I don't want to do it to them and especially not if it's somebody that I care about. So, it, with that, with that in mind, that's the first step of integrity: is just recognizing that that you know other people are a reflection of you. You're a reflection of them, and just as you wouldn't want someone to harm you, you you don't want to harm someone else. Keeping that in mind, that uh, the as you harm none, do what you will aspect. That's one of the first steps, and also figuring out for myself what is important. What are the uh, what are the ethical boundaries for me? And then deciding on those things and holding to them. And yeah, we slip, but it's all too easy to disregard our ethical boundaries and go, oops, I slipped, oops, I slipped, oops, I slipped again, and find ourselves completely out of integrity. Holding on to those ethical boundaries within oneself, even more than with, even more than holding to them with someone else, is a good way, probably for me anyway, the best way to keep that in mind. Um, I, I've you know, let, me, my, let me say something yeah, about I, this, Bill, because I want to highlight this because I've known this man for so long. And to say that out of so many men I know, he is able to keep and maintain long-term love relationships and friendships. Yeah, it's that integrity, sweetheart, that has me, you know, just adore you and want to be in, in contact with you and feel that I can trust you and continue to love you, that it's, that it's safe to love you because you have that kind of integrity. And when we were first getting together and in the years past, you know, I'll hear you talk about, oh, so-and-so is so hot. And, you know, and then we had this preliminary date and she was even like, you know, writhing naked or partially (laughs) naked. And, and yet when I asked her, is this okay with your boyfriend or is, you know, do you have a boyfriend? You know, when she would give you uh, an answer that would say that she was unclear or that she might hurt somebody, you would not go forward. And mm-hmm. and although you're not getting what you want in the short run, you know, you're not getting that hot, passionate experience, what I've seen in your life is that in the long run, you have an abundance, you know, of women over time that really adore you and believe in you. Thank you. And and that's, I was just explaining this to, to a friend of mine uh, earlier this week that the ethical boundaries and, and trying to pass on some of the ethical things to, to this friend, but I said, with, without the ethical boundaries, I'd just be just another predator. And so that in itself, making sure that I am and remain the man, remain the person, remain the lover that I want to see in the mirror um, is one of the strongest 
um, one of the strongest uh, I guess foundations for me of that integrity. I see people uh, I see people who harm uh, I see people who harm each other, who harm themselves, who harm everyone around them, and I go, I don't ever want to be one of those people. And false modesty aside, I could be. I'm, I'm smart. I'm, in, I'm intuitive. I'm attractive. I'm a charismatic person, and I know the kind of person I could be and the person I can be when I go out of integrity. I don't like that person. And so holding to integrity is very important to me, and that has nurtured my relationships with other people as well. I think that I want to point out what what Sayer just said, <laughs> is that the person that you like, the person, you know, that I, the person, when I look in the mirror, it's the person that I like. I, we all have those thoughts, whatever those thoughts are, you know, how I want to get behind, get get you because I'm mad at you and you're my partner and I want to get back at you. And then there's those thoughts that say, uh, you'll never give me what I want as my partner, so I'm going to go behind your back. That's going to be easy. I'm going to go behind your back just to get what I want. Or maybe I'm going to get drunk or maybe I'm going to have some reason why I kind of tell myself, well, that didn't really count because I still had some clothes on or because I don't remember their name or because (laughs) I was drunk or I was at Burning Man or nobody saw or some reason. But I saw. I saw. I was there. and. There's something I've 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 had addictions. I've had addictions. I've had deep depressions, and to me, that's a sign that I've walked away from my life force. I've walked away from what is is really true and authentic, uh, and that delights me. And sometimes I've walked away. You know, I've overgiven. You know, one way of walking away mm-hmm. from the life force oh, is yeah. I've, I've given too much to you. But another way of walking away from the life force is is going going underground and going. Mm-hmm. Um, beneath and saying, I'm going to hide who I am because if I hide who my who I am from you as my partner or you the world, I'm literally telling myself over and over again, I'm unlovable. I'm unlovable. Mm-hmm. Who I am yes. is really unlovable. There's a marvelous term that you use uh, called covert agendas. I'm not sure how often you've talked about that on the show, but yeah, running running covert agendas. Which uh, have you have you talked about that in other? Uh, I don't think so. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the co- covert agendas, uh, as, as you've explained it, is when you're doing something, uh, when when you're doing something that appears to be something else, and you know at some other level. Uh, uh, well, I'm I'm actually okay. I'm not really flirting with this person, but I'm I'm kind of flirting with this person. You know, I'm not really angling for a promotion at work, but I am angling for a promotion at work. I'm not really trying to backstab that person, but I am. Running those covert agendas and looking for covert agendas before you start running them is also a really good, uh, well, running them is is really out of integrity and looking for, oh, geez, what am I actually doing here? What am I actually saying when I say this? What am I actually looking for to to have those hard looks in the mirror with yourself and go, am I telling the world, am I telling myself the truth in what I'm doing? And if I'm not, what covert agendas am I running here? Um, that's also a really good I want to talk to more back. about this when we come back from a, uh, a word from our sponsors and that sense of if we're running a covert agenda, we often are not giving ourselves permission 
to know yes. what we really want and to say that we deserve it. So I want to talk more when we come back about okay. how do we even find out what we want. A lot of people don't consciously know <laughs> and yeah. give ourselves that support and permission when we come right back from a word from our fabulous sponsors. And I encourage you to support our sponsors because uh-huh. that helps great shows like this continue to come to you. The spark of desire, the inner warmth of intimacy. This is Francesca. Do you long for an incandescent and eternally empowering relationship? My beloved and I have been training and teaching in the arts of love and intimacy for over 20 years. In our personalized coaching for individuals, groups, couples, in person or by phone, you will learn simple ways to ignite heart-opening passion, how to communicate effectively even under stress or trauma, key ways to breathe that increase stamina and pleasure, and how to heal past wounds and sexual dysfunctions. In our coaching, we compassionately and safely incorporate modern clinical sexology and ancient sacred sexuality teachings. To receive a free coaching consultation, call me at 510-759-3839 or email relationshipdiva at gmail.com. That's 510-759-3839 or relationshipdiva at gmail.com. Ignite a love life you love. Welcome back to Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra. We're talking with Seder Silbercato, amazing author and human being and sacred dancer and and really a sacred Seder who, who does this passionate, open relationship model with uh, more integrity than almost anyone I've ever met. And we're, we're talking about that thing that we get covert when we, when we don't allow that we have these needs, these desires that maybe are uh, not what our parents want or not what our partners want. And so they, they start to go underground or we judge them in some way. So they're underground. And how do we, how do we, and how did you, because my, my sense is with you, dear heart, that you have been on your own journey to learn how to excavate what's underground and, and then also to feel yourself worthy enough to yeah. support yourself in getting those. So could you could you tell a little about how that works for you and also how that can apply to our listening audience? Okay. Well, like you were saying a, a moment ago, and I, I, was, I was starting to add it, but I wanted to let you finish. Um, it's also the things, running covert agendas, when we're trying to do the things that we feel like we want, but we feel we, we either don't deserve or we shouldn't have. There's that whole shame-blame thing going on. And, you know, some, sometimes that Sometimes that's healthy. I mean, uh, gee, I, I really shouldn't want to, you know, go hold up a, you know, go hold up a liquor store. I really shouldn't want to, you know, go, um, you know, molest this person who I find attractive and who doesn't like me. Obviously, that's something you really shouldn't be doing uh, for a whole lot of reasons. But in finding, in reflecting on what do I really want, what do I really need, um, and and hopefully fulfilling that. For me, it involves a lot of, of self-reflection, which is easier as an artist <laughs> because that's my my, uh, my my vocation forces me to be reflective on a, on a regular basis and, and also allows me and encourages me to be reflective. Um, but it's to take time to look at those those times and places in your life where if you feel blocked or if you feel really fulfilled, go, why do I like this? 
and to be analytical, to go, what is it about this that I enjoy? What is it about this thing that I'm really, really into? What is this? What is it about this thing that I'm craving that I'm not getting? Why do I want this? What is, if, if I feel like there's something fulfilled in my life, why is it fulfilled? If I feel there's something missing, why is it missing? And then to, to do what I call the goodie bag, to look at a situation or a circumstance or a behavior and say, okay, what, what am I, what am I getting out of this? And if I'm, and I don't mean that in a materialistic gimme, gimme, gimme sort of way, but in a, what nurtures me? In, uh, in this. And if it's something that where my goodie bag is empty, what did I do to get this? Because it's very easy to get into the whole blaming someone else thing of going, well, this person won't let me this, or this person is keeping me from that. But in most relationships, unless we're like chained up in a dungeon somewhere in a non-consensual form, of course, <laughs> um, most relationships, business, personal relationships are to some degree consensual. You know, if, if you work at a shitty job, you've agreed to work at that shitty job. If you don't like that shitty job, get out of it. And if you're in a shitty relationship, you're in that relationship for, for reasons. If you're miserable and I'm not, not saying, you know, you personally, but just to, to your listeners in general, if there's a relationship or, you know, of whatever nature that you feel isn't nurturing you, then why are you in it? And if you are in it, what is nurturing you in it? To look for the places, both the nurtures and the cost, and to do more or less a cost-benefit you know, a cost uh, benefit analysis of yourself and, and your, in your circumstances and go, okay, what is serving me in this? And I don't mean, again, in a, a servant, you know, give me this, give me that way, but what is helping me to my, my more authentic self? <laughs> if something's lacking, change it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it sounds it sounds simple, but it takes time. It takes steps. It takes uh, the dedication that if you want to be good at anything, you're going to spend some time working with it, practicing in it, dedicating yourself in it. And I, I right after my mom died, I rushed into a relationship that has been extremely tumultuous. And I'm and I'm right at that point right now where I'm looking at well, these are the gifts and these, this is what I'm learning and this is what's evolving because of this catalyst, this kind of grain of sand in the pearl, you know, that creates the pearl and the oyster. And then this is the cost. This is how challenging it is. And why have I chosen this? Why? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a way, I was looking at, I've always had a, 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 a devil. I've always had a demon in my life. You know, sometimes it's been, you know, my parents or one of my parents. Sometimes it's been a boss. That person that I rebelled against and that I fought against to find myself, that person that catalyzed anger in me, and anger is a very uh, action-oriented emotion. Depression is oh, yeah. very, you know, deep and still, but anger is very action-oriented that, that's catalyzed anger in me that had me say, oh, well, fine, I'll do it my way, or fine, you think I can't do it? I'll do it. And looking at, am I at a point in my life where I'm, willing to step into that I don't need that place to push away from. I don't need someone to be the the demon in my life that I can advocate for my limits and boundaries and even find them without having to make someone else wrong to get there. So I'm, I'm looking at, you know, if there's been a gift in the challenges. You know, we find out who we are. We find out what we don't like. And, you know, it's one possible gift in challenges. And then we're, you know, is how do we step into a different paradigm, you know, one of greater ease 
and greater contentment. And that's what I hear you pointing to is that there's this um, this step by step and really taking some time going, you know, going on walks or going on long drives or long runs or however people do that to tune in. And is that what you're saying? It's like really take the time to Mm -hmm. get into some layers of what's happening versus there, she's a jerk or, or he's a jerk or, you know, I'm such a victim here or I Mm -hmm. had to act out. I had to have an affair because my partner doesn't understand me to, to ask, well, what are the goodies that I get out of their not understanding me? You know, I get to be right. I get to feel like I get to, you know, uh, you know, that I, I get the, the rush of sneaking around. So how can I get a rush without going behind someone's back? How can I, how can I feel right without making someone else wrong? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and it's taking, it's taking a responsibility and it's taking accountability for, for one's choices. You know, it's, and that's our society. I think we, we may have talked about this in our, in our previous interview as well. And I know you and I have talked about it personally as well. Our society does not, in, it discourages us actually from being responsible. One of the things that drew me to, attracted me to neo-paganism was the idea that I was accountable for my actions, you know, for good or ill. And that idea of looking at the choices that you make in your life, you know, erotic and otherwise and going, okay, I'm making this choice Um, and being accountable for that rather than blaming someone else for it, which is all too easy to do or to try to shift the blame. Oh, I didn't do it. You know, um, oh, she did it. You know, um, which you know is again not another level of uh, of dishonesty, not only with other people but with yourself. Uh, One of the things that I I find it extremely challenging but also extremely rewarding is to be able to look at myself in the mirror going. I did that, whether it's I did that with pride of that's wow, cool, I really kicked ass, I did right there, or I did that and I really screwed things up, and oh man, when I had that heart-to-heart with myself at Burning Man uh, 2006, I think it was 2006, I sat in a tent for almost six hours with only myself and some water (laughs) for company, and said uh, called myself on the carpet and made myself recognize things in my in my life that I had either really enjoyed and to take credit for those things for doing them right or things that I'd really fucked up and and take accountability for uh for screwing them up and going okay what can you do now you know you past know, is past done is done. what can you do in the future and now what can you do now for your future that's the thing that's so huge is that it, you hit on something really big. We neither accept the glory of what we do uh, that that creates, you know, beauty or, or magnificence or happiness in the world. We go, oh, no, that'll, you know, oh, I didn't do that much. That wasn't that great. It could have been better. And, and we're not accepting either side. We're not accepting the greatness and we're not accepting, yeah, you know, I made a mistake getting into that relationship. I wasn't fully conscious or that job. I thought it was going to be different. And at the same time, I chose to be there and I've chosen to stay there. And Mm -hmm. there's something that I'm learning and there's something that I'm stuck in. And how can I learn what I need to learn here and, uh, you know, unblock what needs to be unblocked so I can move on. And Mm -hmm. I just want to point out for our listening audiences that there's a practice. These things do not come easily in our culture. There's actually a practice, a conscious choice that when I dismiss when I dismiss something great that I've done, 
to stop myself and then say, just a second, let me say, yeah, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) When there's something, when there's something challenging that I've done to say, you know, I have compassion for myself and at the same time, I'm sorry that, that, Mm. that was hurtful. You know, this, I could just talk to you for hours and, and I'm inviting (laughs) you back soon to to continue the the discussion and the dialogue and, and, uh, and be asking me some questions as well. I think that'll be so much fun. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask, how can people get a hold of you, your books, what you do, uh, Crater also teaches. Uh, so how do they, how do they reach you? Uh, well, let's see. I have a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> they can't reach me through that, but I have a Wikipedia entry under Phil Brucato, B-R-U-C-A-T-O. Uh, I also have a live journal blog, which I've maintained for, I guess, yeah, over six years now, which is Satyrblade, S-A-T-Y-R-B-L-A-D-E. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but that's mostly for personal and professional contacts. Uh, I have actually a series of interviews that I've been doing. I will look up the URL, unfortunately. Um, it's for a group called the um, called Rogue Council, R-O-G-U-E Council. And actually, I may just put up the uh, put up the link for that. On and my, you know, we uh, can add that. Account. We can add that when you know on your bio, so people can find it. We'll get that, and yeah, we'll get that I to our that. listening audience. And I I encourage you to be in contact with Seder and his writings. Uh, always, always a delight. His writings are are doorways to new worlds. And I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight, today, Seder. Thank you. I, I appreciate I appreciate being here with you. Oh, one additional thing. I also have a page under Phil Brocato on uh, Amazon.com that has various books of mine. Um, but uh, but thank you. It's always a joy talking to you, sweetheart. And it's always always great <laughs> being in your show. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetheart. And I want to thank you, our listening audience, those beautiful souls with whom we are connected on this journey. You're here with us. It's no accident. We are all bringing more of the heart and soul of sex and relationship into the world. If you want to learn more about Phil Sater and see his picture, uh, learn more about his writings, learn more about me, my coaching, my services, see my beautiful picture, you can do that at www.personallifemedia.com. That's www.personallifemedia.com, Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra, bringing you the soul of sex. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.